please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. I am Greg McIntyre with McIntyre Elder Law, where we help seniors maintain their lifestyle and preserve their legacies. And we're here just for our video blog and podcast, The Elder Law Report. Uh, I'm honored to be here with Joe Seidel, who is a division director for Beata Home Healthcare, one of the nation's largest home healthcare providers and the largest privately owned home healthcare care provider in the nation. Uh, almost 300 offices nationwide, Joe. Yeah, that's correct. And scheduled on track to do about $1 billion in business overall this year, correct? That's right. That's and right. Joe, you're the division director for the Charlotte and Atlanta areas, correct? That's correct. For the, right. adults, for the adult division. Uh, okay. we, we take care of pediatrics. Uh, we do habilitation for development of disabilities. But for the adult division, Charlotte and uh, I'm over Charlotte and Atlanta areas. Okay, okay. And, and uh, we're here to talk about home health care issues, health care issues in general, and specifically for this topic, Medicare and Medicaid. So how are you going to pay for home health care uh, when you or your spouse find themselves in a situation when uh, one spouse might be draining or leaching all the assets because of uh, a, a catastrophic health care incident uh, or uh, where, where someone's in a situation where they don't want to come out of their home. I think there's a lot of statistics out there that say that being in the home and being cared for in the home is certainly less traumatic certainly provides someone with more dig to keep their allows them to keep their dignity uh stay in the home they've worked hard for their entire life uh, that's what we're about is trying to help people preserve their hard-earned money and property uh and and keep their dignity along with that um, and, and, and there's a lot of really health you know health issues that are really uh, beneficial for someone to stay at home you know uh, less confusion because it's an environment that they're familiar with Less infections, you know, because there's only one person, in the, a couple people in the home. They're 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 already, you know, they're not they're not in an institutional setting, so they're less likely to get an infection. Um, you know, just to, just the peace of mind, uh, and and you know, quite frankly, all of us, you know, if we have a choice, we'd rather be at home. And uh, so there, so there's some real health issues. Uh, you know, statistics demonstrate that people recuperate better at home than they do in an institutional setting. And so there's some health issues, some, you know, some, definitely some financial benefits to it, but there's also some health benefits to it as well. Most of the time you don't find people saying, please take me out of my home and put me in an institution somewhere. Or, or, yeah, we or don't hear that very often at all. No, no, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> that you don't. Now, now health care in general, I mean, it costs money. And uh, so, so the question arises, unless you have really planned for this with long-term care insurance, which is not the norm, um, then... You can quickly exhaust your retirement, uh, other liquid assets, paying for uh, health care in general, uh, mm-hmm. uh, health care events, so, uh, especially as you age. So uh, sometimes Medicaid can come in, Medicare and Medicaid perhaps as a combo, but let's talk about how those work together. You're, you're an expert in that. I'm going to call you an expert in that. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And because you deal with it so much. Um, so... So how, how do those differ? I, I, I know that I had to really, really learn. There's a steep learning curve to differentiate. They're totally separate programs, Medicare and Medicaid, when they apply, how long Medicare lasts, and when it runs out, and Medicaid could come in and take over. Yeah, it, it's probably the most misunderstood 
when we sit down and talk to people, they'll talk about, they'll use the terms Medicaid and Medicare almost interchangeable, like they're the same program. And, uh, and, and, and so we have to sometimes sit down and talk with them about the differences between the two programs. Me- Medicare is a, it's basically a health benefit for people typically over 65 years of age. Um, now, if you're younger than 65 and you have a disability that lasts longer than two years, you can qualify for Medicare uh, uh, prior to age 65. And also with end-stage renal disease, you can get Medicare, Medicare benefits very, very quickly and very early on. Medicaid is really a program designed for the indigent, for those that don't have the means, the financial means to care for themselves. And, and carved out of that is, is a health care program, and typically they fall under Medicaid waivers. In North Carolina, we have two Medicaid waiver programs uh, for uh, personal care services. We have a third for skilled nursing services under Medicaid. But, but the two programs for the assistive care services, and that's going to be assistance with the, your, your activities of daily living, bathing, dressing, ambulating, eating, mobility and transferring, and things of that nature. There, there are two programs with that. One is called personal care services, which is PCS. Um, you, have to have a, you have to have a doctor's order for that. Um, just like a lot of government programs, they forgot to tell the doctors that uh, they're the ones who fill out the documents for, <laughs> for this program. So we, we at our office, we've got copies of those documents. They can take them to their doctor, and, and a lot of the doctors don't even know that they're, supposed to, they're the ones who generate the, the start of that program. But the, the, the documents are pretty easy to fill out. So, that, so that's, you can get the ball rolling and take a lot of that burden off the doctors and the individual. We absolutely can. Okay. We can help them with that. And, and typically in that service, there, um, a person can get up to 80 hours of services per month, which works out to be about 18 hours a week. Uh, just, just this year, uh, North Carolina legislature passed uh, um, that allows an, an additional 40 hours with those with dementia. So they can have up to 120 hours in a month. The second program is the CAP-DA program, which is run by Care Solutions here in, in, uh, in, in uh, Cleveland County. I'm very familiar with so, that program. And they, and they do an excellent job. With, with that program, they, um, the, the clients will typically, again, with their activities of daily living, they're going to get somewhere upwards of about 36 hours a week. So it, it has more hours in it than the PCS program does. The, CAP, the CAP-DA program has more. Um, both of those programs, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're either going to be qualified for Medicaid, have already gone through to DSS and, and gone through the process, or we'll direct you to DSS, get that ball rolling, and then you can apply for each of either of those programs. Right. Um, the PCS program can take a couple months to get on the program. The CAP DA program, a couple years ago, uh, each county was capped out of the number of slots that they have. In Cleveland County, we have about a about a six to eight month waiting list. Uh, for the CAPDA program, right, and then and then we have one other Medicaid uh, for the adult services. We have one other Medicaid uh, uh, waiver program, which is private duty nursing, and that is really for RNs and LPNs to take care of people in the home who have catastrophic needs, and they have to um, they have to have uh, either a tracheostomy, and uh, and or a ventilator, and so we we uh, you know those are pretty high tech nursing needs. Uh, and so that's another Medicaid waiver program. So, so that, that's kind of the Medicaid side of it. Right. The, the Medicare side of it is, uh, is, is really a, a totally different program. If someone has had a qualifying hospital stay, 
They've got to be getting better. But the, the real advantages to um, a Medicare program when you have home health is that you're going to get um, a, up to 60 days spell of illness. Uh, it's called an intermittent spell of illness. And you're going to get a 60-day benefit, and that's going to be paid at 100% under your Part A Medicare. So Medicare will come in and pay for 60 day, days for someone to come in. They will. Okay. And, and they're going to get, you know, they might get nursing services. They might have a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, speech-language speech pathologist. They might have a home health aide who comes in and assists with bathing. So, but that program is going to last for 60 days. Now, if there, there, are, there are times when that, that they can be recertified for an additional 60 days, but it usually caps out at that 60-day period. And you're going to have someone come in for maybe three days a week the first week, first first week or two. Then it's going to drop down to two days a week, and it's going to ultimately drop down to one day a week and, and when that 60-day spell of illness. So Medicare pays for that benefit. Um, we have a lot of people who go into the hospital who uh, want, you know, they, again, they, they're intermittently inter interchanging those words, Medicare and Medicaid, and they say, well, I've got Medicare, you know, and, uh, and I, need, uh, I need someone here, you know, five hours a day to take care of me. And it's like, well, Medicare doesn't pay for that. Right. Medicare pays for the intermittent uh, services. Right. And so, again, it really, really and then, misunderstood. And then when, that, when, that, when that expires, if, if, are there situations where you'd come in uh, under Medicare and then end up rolling that to a Medicaid situation? It certainly, it certainly can be the case. Okay. Um, there, are, there are programs where Medicare and Medicaid can't overlap at the same time, uh, but we certainly have people that have finished their, uh, you know, their Medicare service, but they still need additional services after that, and then they, uh, and then they come onto our services, and that could be, you know, it could be through Medicaid, it could be through private pay, long-term care insurance. And obviously there aren't the stringent, the stringent qualification requirements for Medicare like there are for Medicaid. The spin downs and, and things of that Correct. nature, right? And, and and one of the beauties of the Medicare benefit for home health is that it's it's a Part A and it's paid at one hundred percent, right? And so uh, you know, for those individuals who qualify for that, it's a great program for them. Absolutely. So, and uh, okay, so part part of what well, a big part of what we do is we'd love to get people five years ahead of time planned so that. When Medicaid turned around and looked back for five years, uh, we could they could see no countable asset transfers, and we could uh, have pe help protect people's hard-earned money and property that they worked for their entire lives. Their home, for instance, okay, mm -hmm. where it, uh, is a large part of uh, a large asset for, for individuals many times, um, but uh, that's not always the case. You know, the best laid plans, or sometimes the plans that aren't aren't laid ever. Uh, right. You know, you get into emergency situations, uh, and that's when uh, we go. That's when uh, we really enjoy trying to protect as much as we can, or, or I say protect, but really to keep as much in the name of the individual as possible, uh, or in control of the individual as possible. We use different types of deeds, ladybird deeds, advanced life estate deeds, as they're also called, uh, to protect the home, so that the the individual doesn't lose that home and they can pass that on uh, to another generation. North Carolina allows us to do that at this point, um, respects the home uh, to mm -hmm. keep that in the family and still have Medicaid come in and provide for needed services. Um, and there's other kind of more advanced planning that, that could be another video blog or podcast, which are Medicaid-compliant annuities and, and uh, Medicaid Asset Protection Trust, things of that nature. Uh, that can be employed either beforehand or Medicaid-compliant annuities in an emergency situation 
to save either all or half of liquid assets that are available, depending on if it's a uh, single person or if it's a married couple, if there's a community spouse there to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's some of the emergency Medicaid planning that we do. Um, so that works right along with with what you're doing. Uh, and, 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 and I'd say for us, you know, one, one of the most heartbreaking calls that I get is for the people that fall in that gap. They're over-resourced for Medicaid, and they're under-resourced to pay for it privately. Perhaps their income level doesn't allow them yeah. to... Uh, to Roll over and let Medicaid pay for it. Yeah, and, right. and it's and it's a hard place, and and uh, you know your you know elder care attorneys are a great resource for those individuals to maybe help them see what they can do. But those, those are the um, those are really hard conversations for me on a personal level because you know by the time we get that call, the family's desperate. They they need to do something. They they have uh, you know the the amount of the, the amount of unpaid caregivers in our country is phenomenal, and you know, and and probably seventy five percent of them are women, right? And they do, you know, they they, they take care of their loved one until the point of hey, almost exhaustion. If and you Google or look at uh, on a graph like life expectancy for family caregivers, it drastically goes down as opposed to a non family. You know, if they weren't yeah. doing that job, it's just a stressful thing. It's extremely stressful, and, and, and then, they're not trained for it. Yeah, and, and and then we get those last minute calls, and they need some help, and then we sit down and we talk to them, and they're desperate, they need help, and we sit down and talk to them, and it's like they don't qualify for Medicaid, and they don't have enough to pay privately, and it's just like, what do we do to help these people? You know, how do, sure. how can we get them to that place? And and uh, so you know, a firm like yourself could sit down and and, uh, and negotiate with them and try to figure out you know a plan of action to. Uh, I'm sure to help between uh, your expertise. Your resources and your staff at Beata, uh, social services, and myself, we could come up with a solution. I, I think we could. Sure. I think we could. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Joe, for talking about the differences between Medicare and Medicaid with us. And thank you for being here with me. I really welcome. appreciate that. You're okay. welcome. Your spouse were in the military. We can help with men.